Today, my focus is on temptation. All right? Okay. Genesis 3, 1 to 7. Genesis 3, 1 to 7. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruits from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Verse 4. You won't you won't die. The serpent replied, the woman, God knows that your eyes will open as soon as you eat it and you will be and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. Oh Jesus. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Wow. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So, they sewed thick tree, thick leaves, sorry, together to cover their nakedness. Wow. All right. So, um, yeah, so Genesis um, 3, from verse 1 to 7. Yeah, so uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is the uh, record of uh, the first temptation, right? Yeah, the first temptation in the Bible. Yeah, I was, I was telling somebody, uh, somebody asked me a question in the office. The person said that Abraham married more than one. David married more than one. And he went on to, you know, mention them and and all these guys were blessed. And I said, yes. They married more than one. And they were blessed. And even God told David that even if you, even if you had asked for Uriah's wife, I would have given her to you. You understand that? But why is it that we pastors are preaching against polygamy? And I said, yes. We will preach about it and preach against it. And we still preach about it. And preach against it. And I said, you see, when interpreting scripture, we have several principles. I know, I know you're not in a seminary. But you see, there is something called the law of first mention. So you ask yourself, what was God's approach to that particular situation? 
So if you read Genesis, that's the beginning. It is Adam and Eve. Not Adam, Eve, Evelyn, Eva, and Erequia. Amen. It's Adam and Eve. And the same Bible in the beginning, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So as far as I'm concerned, this is the first record of temptation in the Bible. And Satan attacks the Christian primarily through temptation. And his agenda is that when he tempts the Christian, he would want you to fall, but he would want you to fall, and he would want you to lose your faith in him. So we see a man by name Job. And the Bible tells us that Job was a righteous man. And he was located in the east. The man eschewed evil. And God built a hedge of protection around Job. Let me tell you something. The eye of the Lord is upon the righteous. Mm. And the Bible says that. For the Lord knows those who are his. And anyone that names the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. Hey, the Lord built a protection around him. And Satan saw it and he became envious. And Satan went to God and said, Ah, Job be serving you because you have built a hedge of protection around See, may God build a hedge of protection around you. And God said, I know Job. I can boast about him. Let's put him to test. Hallelujah. And, you know, it got to a point that Job, his wife, left him. He lost his children. Lost everything. But the Bible said that in all this, Job, did not guess God in others. It means his faith was still intact. His confidence in God was still there. Ha! Mm. His trust in God was still there. And like, like, and, 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 and like I said the other day, God will not tempt you, but he will test you. And when we pass the he will promote. So before God came to announce to Abraham that in blessing I will bless you, he tested Abraham. Hallelujah. And anytime God comes to test, his intention is to promote. Amen. And the devil will attack the individual believer through temptation. The main reason for being tempted by Satan is to bring you down and demote you. Ah, let's try to explain what temptation is. Temptation simply means that pressure applied to your thinking. Designed to create wrong emotions. Which will eventually lead to wrong actions. Hallelujah. Satan focuses his assault on three major areas in our lives and the first is the desire of the world genesis 3 6 the desire of the world can i get on the screen please genesis 3 6 
And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did it, and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did it. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. The desire of the world. The desire for worldly things. The desire. James 4.4 You adulteress. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Now listen. Our relationship with God is, 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 is more or less like a marriage covenant. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that is how the believers and the apostles of old, that is how they saw it. So when James saw that, the people became worldly and, 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 their, and their, their, their love for God or their attention affection for God was divided between the things of the world and God, he said, you adulteress. So in essence, James was saying that every believer or the church is married to God. So the very moment we leave God, and we focus or we divide our attention. You know, you see, nobody can serve two masters. So you love God and you love the things of the world. James sees you as an adulterer. Hallelujah. And we are saying that the word friend means affection. Ah, karabahaya. The word friend means affection. Let me just let me just read. Let me just read. A few things here. Can our Christians give their deepest emotional affection to the world? The world is a system of belief about what is best for one's life. The devil runs this system. They were in effect in love with the devil's desire. So the world is a system. And the belief is that what is best for one's life but ask yourself, human beings saying this, the human, human beings saying homosexuality is best for one's life. But ask yourself, is that what God is saying? And today we have pastors who are homosexuals. Yeah! And gradually, it is finding its way into the church. It is finding its way into the church. And that is why the church doesn't look powerful. That is why we come to church, we sing all the songs, we recite all the charismatic jargons and cliches, and nothing seems to happen. Because the desire for the things of this world has entered the church. Many years ago, if 
fact, I'm not too old, but I remember many years ago, after praise and worship, they, they, you know, about 5, 10, 15 minutes, and they'll be waiting that the Holy Spirit will speak to one person. I remember those days, and you know, in the classroom, after praise and worship, everybody will be silent. And the Holy Ghost will speak through one person to the church. And that was real prophecy. But now it's not there any longer. Hallelujah. Because gradually, sin has suffocated the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost cannot breathe in his own church. Ha! Sin has suffocated. You come to church and the choir is on the stage. And you can't look at them because they are half naked. And the pastor will have to bend his head till the service is over. If only he's a righteous man. The desire for the world. Ah, the desire for the world. Let me tell you something. We must come to a place and decide that it's Jesus or it's the devil. All this kind of wishy-washy Christianity whereby today you are for God, tomorrow you are for the devil. Listen, you are wasting your time because Jesus Christ said, no man can serve two masters. Listen. You can love two women equally. So any, any, any woman who says, I love my husband and I have a boyfriend and I love him, you are dangerous. No, 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 you are, you are, you are dangerous. Or any man who says that, I have a wife and I have a side chick and I love both of them. I said, you are confused. Amen. Hallelujah. You can serve two masters. You get into a church and when the pastor mounts the puppet, in fact, he would have to sing and bind ancestral spirit be, before he can preach. Because there is a lady sitting in the church. Ah, Madima Hakoshe. And the pastor cannot preach just because. See, there a certain lady has come to the church and when you see the way she's dressed and you see and, 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 and it's sad that these people come to church and because of their money because of their cars the pastor is afraid to preach against lesson if you're a pastor like that you are backsliding the Holy Ghost left you long ago because listen we see it's about time we drive the world out of the church. Let me say, the church has not become worldly. People come on stage and they would want to sing and they want to behave as if they are hip-hop, hip-hop artists. They want to come and, 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 and drag their, their trousers to this side. And okay, we're we'll doing this, we're we'll doing this. In the church! This is what Jesus died for. And like I said, the church is not a club. The church is not a social entity. The church is a spiritual organism. Jesus once upon a time shed his blood for the church. Ha! And she goes from sim- and she goes to a seamstress. Then it is my dress. This one, let it come down. The back, let it come down. I want to show some skin. I want for one like that. Ha! At the point, the maid of honor will have to. I, see, I don't know whether she was trying to support. <laughs> I don't know if she was trying to support the, the, the uh, how do you call them? The woman who is married, how do you call them? Is it the, the bride? Thank you. 
I don't know if she was trying to support the, the bride's breast. Because when she tries to bend, the breast wants to fall out of the something. And there was nothing supporting the something. Ah! And a pastor will stand and will look at by the time you finish blessing the one the pastor you have seen in your head. And this thing is in a church. It's in a church. And some of them don't wear brazier. Some of them don't wear brazier. And the thing, how do you call that thing? No, see, and they saw the thing, and the woman is heavy and busty. And everything is showing like that. Yeah, everything is showing like that. Listen, we want to become, we want to be decent people and have decent weddings. Hallelujah. Listen, listen. The thing is a wedding. Eh? And there are pastors that will be blessing it. As a matter of fact, you are presenting your relationship to God. So you can't dress anyhow. But you see, some churches have permitted this thing because worldliness has entered the church. The desire of the world. They said, this is how they are doing it nowadays. That is a standard. So let's embrace it. Listen, we can't embrace it here. We won't embrace it here. We won't embrace it here. We won't embrace it here. Hallelujah. The world has entered the church. So if the brothers come to church, before they leave, they've seen in their head. If the sisters come to church, before they leave, they've seen in their head. Because some of our brothers, see, you must check your motive. See, I'm seeing. You must check your motive. Your motive, your motive. You must check. Because if you're not careful, your motive will take you to hell. Your motive. I always ask myself, Lord, why am I doing You see, it's one question I always ask myself. Father, why am I doing it? Why are you doing this thing? Your motive is very important. Your motive. Gradually, the world and the church you can't see any difference. You can't. Because in that same church, the choir leader and the pastor, they are fighting over the senior usher. In that same church, in the church that Jesus built and died for. In that same church, in that same church, the choir leader, the choir leader, and the pastor's wife, they are flirting in that same church. In that same church! In that same church. The Sunday school teacher, he's sodomizing the kids. In that same church! In that same church. In that same church. Because the world has come to the church. And we don't know. Listen, we, and we don't know that the devil has set us up for destruction. We don't know. We don't know. And the devil has set us up for destruction. Ah. What is worldliness? Worldliness. Worldliness is a condition of the heart and an attitude that changes our orientation of life away from God's value. Hallelujah. Yeah. The desire of the world. So, they, so, 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 Satan will tempt you using things of this world. So, we have carnal Christians 
A Christian is a kind of Christian, someone who divides his, his affection between the world system and God's viewpoint. So they are saying that, they are saying that now it is normal. It is normal to have a pastor as a boyfriend. And the pastor is married. It's normal. Now, it's normal for the pastor to take the church offering and use it on his girlfriend. It has become normal. I mean, normal for the church leader, the elder in the church, who are supposed to teach the young men common sense. The early women in the church who are supposed to teach the young women how to live right and how to live a chaste life. It has become normal for these elderly women to have sexual relationships with the younger girls. It has become normal. And they call it human right. Call it human right. But I always ask myself this question. If a male dog will not mount a male dog, then we must come again. If a female dog will not mount a female dog, we must start thinking again. If you're a human being and you have sexual affection for a fellow male, if you're, if you're a male, a man, and have sexual for a man, I'm sorry to say this, but the dog is cleverer than you. Amen. Amen. I personally believe it's about time we go back to those days whereby when a pastor mounts the pulpit, everybody's alert because he's about to give a strong word. But now pastors cannot preach hard messages because people will leave the church. And I ask myself a very simple question. Listen. Do you want the masses and go to hell? Well, you see, you see it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Listen, it's better to influence five people and take them to heaven than to have 10,000 people and end up in hell. And everybody, and everybody is doing what they want in the church. Listen, this is what Jesus died for. This is what he shed his blood for. My final scripture on the first point, 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. Yet, True godliness with contentment itself is great world. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. content. Verse 9. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And my emphasis is on verse 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich, listen, there is nothing wrong with you being rich. There is nothing. So Salo is coming to church and she's coming with the husband 
And she's coming with Lexus 570. Lexus 570. V, V8 engine. Full air conditioning. Not home use. Tear rubber. You are coming to church and you have your Bentley. You have your Brabos, Maserati. You have your, you have your Escalade. You have all these nice cars. Your Mercedes Benz. You have it. Your BMW. You have it. All the nice cars. You have it. You live in a first class residential area. You have your own business. Money is coming. But that shouldn't take you away from serving God. Hallelujah. That shouldn't take you away from serving God. And let me say this to you. It may hurt you, but the truth is that it's not everybody who become rich. That is what the Bible says that if you have clothes, Hmm? Let, 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 let me read. Let me read verse eight. So, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. It's not everybody who become rich, but once you have food and you are not naked like Adam and Eve in a garden, you have a place to lay your head. Be content. But people, people, people are looking for so much wealth to the standard they can look at a fellow human being. And sacrifice that human being for money. Ah, the desire of the world. When the enemy succeeds in planting that seed in your heart, listen, you can do anything for money. When the devil succeeds in planting that seed, the desire for worldly things in your heart, you can do anything at all for money. And today, we have pastors like that. Pastors like that. And they've gone for kaji kaji. They have put that thing under their eye. So that they can see something and tell you. So they can bring money. See. I would prefer to sleep. Eh, than to put kaji kaji in my eye. For me to see something. Hallelujah. It's not everybody who become rich. But. Once you have the three basic necessities of life, food, shelter, and clothing, be content. Be content. You can feed yourself. You can feed your children. You have a place to lay your head. Be content. Because people have gone. <laughs> you see? See? And, and, and we still have some more. We have some more. It is normal to scam people. It's normal, but you've been tempted. Number two, I'll finish today. Eh? I have, I have about uh, fifteen minutes. Number two. Number two. The devil tempts us. Number two. The desire of the flesh. Genesis three six again. That it was pleasant to the eye. Ah. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at. Mine says that, that the fruit looked delicious. It was pleasant to the eye. Ah. Pleasant to the eye. It's pleasant.
pleasant to the eye. It's pleasant to the eye. Whatever looks good before men, ask yourself whether it looks good before God. It's pleasant to the eye. The enemy will come and he'll just wave the thing. Once he's able to get your attention, you are finished. Pleasant to the eye. That is why you must be careful who you talk to. Listen, Eve was in the garden, but her attention was never drawn to the fact that the fruit was pleasant to the eye until she, until she spoke to the devil. So let me ask you, who is speaking to you? Let me tell you something. There are some things you will never know until you speak to a certain boy, until you speak to a certain girl. They were both naked, but they felt no shame. They were both naked. They did not know they were naked. But in our generation, hmm, you let me wait. Let me not go jump ahead of myself. So, and the fruit was there. They always go and just play around it. But the thing never looked delightful. But the serpent spoke one word. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Where's our spirit? Jesus Christ said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Listen, that is why when a boy tells a girl that I like you, and a girl says no, the boy, when he keeps pushing, one day the girl will give him words. He dropped a seed. The question looked harmless. Did God say you shouldn't touch? That's all. Did he say? Did God say? Ha. Ha. And the story went on and on and on and on to the point that they disobeyed God and they became naked. And they came to, uh, you know, they came to realize that, oh, Sana, you won't go, no, go, no, go, no, go. Then gradually, then they got some fig leaves and covered their nakedness. But in this generation, in this generation, we are rather doing the opposite. We want to go naked. When Adam and Eve saw their nakedness and they covered, as for us, we wish we go naked. We should go naked. Huh? We wish, sometimes I wish God would put my eyes at my back. At, at this side. Because the kind of things we see. Huh? Huh? And it looks delight. It looked delicious. Oh, oh, oh. It, 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 it was good for food and delightful to look at. That is why Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look at a virgin twice. Man, make a covenant with your eye. Make a covenant with your eye. There are, there are some things if by accident. You saw it. Don't say, close your eye. Close your eye. Close your eye. That is why you come to this church and you dress anyhow and I will tell someone to tell you to do something about it. You can't dress anyhow. It looks constant. It looks delightful. The girl is standing and she looks succulent. She looks... Ah, and 
And one guy saw a girl and said, Hey, sister, why are you there? And I'm like, Hey, she's sweet. You've never been tasted. How do you know she's sweet? The aroma, eh? The aroma. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. And the sisters know what the boys like. Because guys want to see. Yeah, I like the way Stephen not there. Yeah, it's true. We want to see. And the sisters want to hear. So they still wears and makeup. And she looks like an ancestral spirit. And you tell her, and you tell her she's nice. Hey, yeah, I know I'm nice. <laughs> and, the, and, and, and the sisters know what the guys want to, want to see. That is why they now invest in their body. Yeah. After three, four children, they want to do liposuction. And they siphon the fat from their belly. And they inject it in their bottles. And some of them are married. Four children. They still wear bottles bad. It looks delightful. To the eye. Wow. Wow. What a girl. Wow. Look at her hips. Lips and fingertips. What a girl. Wow. And you, the guy, you have become Johnny Bravo. You meet the guy and say, Oh, my name is Kweku Anane. Remember one Anane. Hey. No, go, you know, I don't want to be at me. Hey. My name is Kwebuna Buama. Me, me, Buama, me, Buao. Amen. It looks delicious. But the enemy is tempting you. She's tempting you. You see the girl looking normal. A carrier of HIV. You see the boy looking normal. A carrier of a strange disease, an incurable disease. Ha! It looks pleasing to the eye. You see the guy driving a fresh new car. But if, 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 and, and it looks pleasing. And if he's to tell you what he goes through, you know, wish you have that car. And the devil has tempted a lot of Christians. And we are running after these things. We are going after these things. Listen, people, I can, most people are serving God because of their gift, not because they love God. Because they love God, but because of the gift. So just like a father who has traveled for many years, and at the airport, his wife and two kids came to came to the arrival hall to meet him, and the man carried two bags, and the general some daddy, 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 and when the father tried hugging the kids, the kids swerved and they moved towards their bag. That is how Christians have become. We swerve God, and we are, we are, we are gravitating towards the gift. Some pastors have been, have, been, have been led into that. And now, it's all about what you can get from God. But, 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 but not what you can give to God. Listen. Listen. If care is not taken, if care is not taken, 
a lot of churches will end up in hell fire. If care is not taken, after some, after, after some years, there will be nothing like church. If care is not taken, the church will turn into a social club. Hmm. The desire of the flesh. The desire of the flesh. When they say fast, you don't want to fast. The desire of the flesh. The flesh wants to have sex. The flesh wants to eat. The flesh wants to drink alcohol. The flesh wants to do every all the useless things. The desire of the flesh. This thing, if we don't tame this thing called flesh, it can it will disgrace us. This thing called flesh. I know we all have desires. I also have, I also have desires. But like Paul said, I always put my body under subjection. It's not easy. It's not easy. Eh? Don't make an excuse for your weakness. Trust God and overcome. There are some things you don't know until somebody opens your eye to it. There are some sins you never commit. I did not be a for a certain boy, a certain girl. Who is your friend? It was delightful to the eye. May God help us. May God help us. May God help us. Your first sexual encounter, who, who, taught, who taught you? Your first sexual encounter, who taught you? Your first kiss as a boy or girl, who taught you? It looked delightful. That is why I don't want telenovela. You can think what you think. I don't believe in that thing. Because it's fake. I think I just have to stop this temptation thing. Because I have, I have too many things to talk about. Amen. Amen. We've been tempted though. Huh? Hmm. The desires of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 22. When you follow the desires of the sinful nature... Their results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension and division, envy, drunkenness, insanity. Some of you didn't know how to drink alcohol or somebody invited to a party. Drunkenness. World parties and other things like these. Let them, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a, let them be a living and and holy sacrifice, the kind he would find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. 
by changing the way you think. You can only change the way you think if you have seen my way of thinking change because I availed myself to preaching. It's as simple as that. Final one, the pride of life. Assurance in one's own resources or stability of earthly things. Genesis 3.6. Genesis 3.6. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. And a tree desirable to make one wise. Let's go. Genesis 3.6. And that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. Yeah. Genesis 3.6. The wisdom of this world. Luke 12, 16 to 21. First one. Luke 12, 16 to 21. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm and that, that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all the crops. Then he said, I know I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Wow. Then I will have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will, then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Yeah. People have assurance in their certificate. They have assurance in their family names. The devil has tempted you. The pride of life. They have assurance in their money. And sometimes I see our politicians. Everyone is not here. And they talk as if their power has no end. One politician told one pastor, you, I'll show you where power lies. And I said to myself, and they talk as if, and people talk as if, they have, they have absolute power. The only person that has absolute power is God. Yeah. I have money. Oh, I have money. I have connections. The man said, I have a big warehouse. I have too many goods. Let me break it and build a bigger one. Then I can relax and say to my soul, eat, drink, and sleep. And God said, you're a fool. You're a fool to think like that. You're a fool. But today, your soul will be required from thee. Today, your soul will be required from you. The pride of life. Satan will tempt you. He will give you the connections. He will give you the money. Oh, he will give you the girls. Hallelujah. The pride of life. The pride of life. They say, oh, as for me, my family name opens doors. We know. We know. But don't put your confidence in that. In, in that. Your confidence being God. Hallelujah. Amen. Final scripture. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. 1 John 2, 15 to 17. Do not love this world or the things it offers. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. The world. Hmm? Constance. Physical pleasure. Yeah. Physical pleasure. 
Amen. Yeah. Physical pleasure. Pride. That is why our ladies cannot marry. The guy is anointed. He's tongue talking. The lady has a double master. The guy has a diploma. I can't marry him. Ha! Who told you marriage is about certificates? And that is why, that is why some ladies in, 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 in churches, they can't marry. Pride now achievements. If the guy is good, and you think of what it takes to help him, help me. And pastor, the guys of today, when you help them, they will leave you. They will leave you. They will leave you. And do you know why they will leave you? They will leave you because... The fact that you've helped him doesn't mean you are the head of the house. Listen, men have ego. Men are egoistic. Do you understand that? Give him that respect. So you help the guy. And you want to take the position of a man in the house. And every day you are telling him, I made you, I made you, I made you. And he will show you that he's the man. Come on, you make it your prayer. 